You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Second Chronicles 20. I'm going to do quite a bit of reading here. Remain standing through it if you would. Second Chronicles 20, starting at verse 15. And it reads, And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. Second time he said, you got to go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the, and the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Horhites. Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning, went forth into the wilderness of Decoya. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Hear me, O right direction, you inhabitants of South Carolina. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of of holiness. As they went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever, as they went out, and when they began to sing, to praise the Lord, To praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which will come against Judah, and they were smitten. Glory to God. On your way down to your seat, look at at least two people and tell them, God will fight for you. God will Fight. Give me a little more if you would. God will fight for you. God will, that's good, fight for you. God will fight for you. Uh, You know, uh, I I was thinking about this. I often have told you all the story about me growing up in the projects in Jersey, New New Jersey. And the truth was, y'all, I was, I just, from from the foundation of the world, I just wasn't all wasn't created to be a project boy. You're supposed to be a bad kid. I wasn't, I wasn't a bad kid. I, I was out of my element. From very young, 
uh, I got bullied a lot because they called me, they said Herb, and, and they didn't call me Herb, they called me my nickname, which is none of your business. Okay? They said, you were a church boy. You're ch- some, sometime me and, me and Sean, we talk about that. Both of us, we, we're church boys. You know, we didn't do a whole lot of stuff in the street. We saw all the people. Uh, I, was a ch- I, 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 can, I always loved church. My wife, I had, to, I had to, Pastor Marshall, I had to help her love the church as much as I loved the church. And she, had, and she explained to me, you love the church because the church was your salvation and you had nothing else going but the church. Whatever. Okay. And, but so I didn't, uh, I, I didn't grow up fighting like Pastor Marsha. Y'all tell her she, was, she would fight. They, and that was, that's Newark. Newark, if you was in Newark, you were fighting. They just fought just to fight. Just to let everybody know I'm from Newark, you fought. And uh, I would try to defend myself, but I was not much of a, I didn't instigate fights. I didn't like, you know, the people who, <laughs> the, I took Chandler, I had to preach for Bishop Page for his convocation, for his, for the, uh, for his uh, organization. And had, we went back to Newark, and, and Chandler was with me. And we were in the streets of Newark, down by Broad and Market. Anyone knows of that area there? And there was a, there was a man walking in the street. And he'd, 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 he was walking, and he had real kind of funny, funky clothes on, and he was talking to himself. And Chandler was standing there staring at him. You don't stare at people up north. You keep it moving, okay? He was staring at the man, and the man stopped and said, What the blankety blank you looking at? You want some of this? And Chandler was like, whoa. He said to me, dad, is like that? I said, it's like that. And so I, I really was not personal instigated fights. But, and so, um, you know, I, I, will, I will do what I have to do, especially if you mess with my wife and my kids. But, you know, I'm not one of these people who go around. You know, you, you, know, you know those people who just look like they want to fight? You know, like, like at any moment, I'm ready to throw down. That's never been my, my, been my MO. It's never been my, my, uh, my personality. So one of the things I've learned, though, is that God will fight for me. Now, I, and, and I know I'm using the analogy of physical fighting, but I have learned in my adult life, God will fight for me. If I'm in the will of God, he will fight for me. Me, when I got fired as a result of a conspiracy from day one, and uh, unfortunately, it was it was, it was uh, race was at the was was at the foundation of it, and that was clearly established from day one that I walked there, and they felt that they were successful, and now you know, I, and I and I, I gave the devil an opening because I lost my temper, okay, uh, as a result of dealing with these. See, some some of y'all y- y'all got words for it. Now you'll call it microaggressions. I didn't have microaggression. I had macroaggression. Okay, so okay. microaggression, you got to kind of figure, try to think about what might be under this. A macroaggression, when you know clearly what this is. And I dealt with macroaggressions, and then so I got fired, and I remember my boss who hired me, who could have defended me, who I had been telling him what I was going through, who happened to be another African-American man, uh, uh, when, when he could have defended me and stood up for me, he didn't even stand up for me. I said, wow, it's like that, A2 Brute. Uh, it's, it really is like that. And so, he, no, I don't remember that. I said, you remember when I told you such a, we said in arbitration? I, I don't recall that. I said, wow. 
And so, he, and because, because I drove the company car to work that day and didn't have a company car anymore, he had to drive me home. And so when he drove me home, he said, Herb, he says, I'm going to be, he said, I hope everything work out for you. He says, every, he said, I, my, our church now is about eight months old. We got about 40 people. Economically, church was not a place he could sustain us. But I remember saying to him, I said, oh, no, I'm going to be all right. It's you I'm worried about. I said, I'm going to be all right. It's you. I'm and the reason why I knew it was him I was worrying about, because I know God fights for me. God, one of the first promises that God gave to Abraham, he said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Know what he was saying? I will fight for you. Years ago, and I don't have to deep time to go deep into this, but every pastor, if you get to a certain level, you'll deal with a Jezebel spirit in your church. A Jezebel spirit is a spirit that comes in and tries to punk the pastor and tries to manipulate the, and, and, gain, gain, and gain the hearts of people and turn people and try to manipulate, and they will take over your whole church. And I, I remember I had prayed about it. The Lord told me what I was dealing with. I started studying about it. Then I confronted that spirit. I confronted it publicly before y'all, and I brought the person in my office, and I said, you will not do this up in this church. Now, you can do that. It's just not going to work here. And I ain't scared of you. And I said it right there in front of her husband, who she was already punking him. He sat there like a little puppy. And I remember she said to me, she said, well, one thing I see you will fight for this church. And I said, you're darn right. You are darn, D-A-R-N, right. Jesus died for it and I'll fight for it. But the truth of the matter is, and so when things are dear to you, you'll fight for it. Some of y'all, I don't care how much your children got it on your nerves and how much they're disobedient and how disrespectful and how, and how you know, uh, 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 you know uh, incorrigible they may seem to be. Let somebody mess with your child. You will see, a, they will see a whole nother side of you. Let somebody mess with your mama, okay? You know, a lot of us, my mother was overweight. A lot of us have or had fat mamas. They knew they was fat. We knew they was fat. Everybody in the family know they're fat. But let somebody come up to you and say, you're fat mama. Oh, no, no, no. What you're not going to do, talk about my mama. I want you to know God loves you like that. You are his child. You are the apple of his eye. And God will fight for you. Look at somebody else. Tell them God will fight for you. And so how does God fight for us? Because even though we read the scripture about the count of these three armies that had come against Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah, uh, the Bible said they were confederate against them, meaning they had joined forces against them. And even though they came to come against them, three of them, and Jehoshaphat felt overwhelmed. The Bible says he feared, so he called a fast and he began to pray. 
And I would like to think spiritually he feared me and he reverenced God, but this feared me, he was scared. That we can go through some scary situations. He looked outnumbered. He looked like the, the forces that were against him uh, on the surface were more than, a, than were with him. And he was afraid. And, but when he started to pray and he called the people together, uh, the Lord started speaking on his behalf and to him through the prophets who were among him. The first thing he tells me, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't be overwhelmed because it looks bigger than you. Look at somebody say, there's nothing and nobody bigger than God. Don't be overwhelmed by this great multitude. He says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And yet he starts telling him, he says, it almost looks like a contradiction. You won't need to fight this battle, but go on down there. Now, in the natural world, if I don't need to fight... Why don't you just go on down? Because in order for God to fight for you, he needs your cooperation. God needs your cooperation in order to fight for you. So the first way we cooperate, to, the first way God's going to fight with us is through faith. You have to believe that what God said he will do. And believe that who he said he is, he is. The first way that God fights for you is through your faith. Believe that God is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he would do. Somebody shout, I believe God. When we think about this, even as the children of Judah, we remember another incident where God fought for his people in Exodus the 14th chapter where the children of Israel they're coming out of Egypt and they are at the Red Sea and Moses as the leader stands before the people in Exodus 14 13 and 14 it says and Moses said to the people fear ye not he says the same thing that God told Jehoshaphat to tell the people stand still and see the salvation of God stand still y'all it does not just mean physically just stand there because you, you, can, you can stand still because you're immobilized by fear. This is not talking about standing still because you're immobilized by fear. This standing still means settle yourself internally. It means get yourself together. It means to rest in the Lord. It means to have confidence that God is who he said he is and he will do what he will do. Stand still and see the salvation. In other words, watch God save you. Oh my God. So one thing I know, y'all, again, I'm a church boy. I don't like to fight. But one thing I know is that if I got to fight, I'm going to win. Okay. I said, if I got to fight, I'm going to win. Yeah, like I said, I mean, once I go in, I'm going all in. I ain't going to try to be cute fighting. There ain't going to be none of this here stuff. I will go after you. I will kick you in the front of your knee. I will bite your ankle, okay? I will pull your ear, okay? And so I'm making my mind, if, I fight, if I'm going to fight, one thing I know, when I fight, I'm going to win. Because God always gets in my fight. Oh, my God. You got to have confidence that God going to get in my fight. Somebody say, God going to get in my fight. Yeah. 
You don't know who you're messing with because God will get in my face. Yes, he will. I am never fighting alone. I'm never at the disadvantage because when you fight against someone who's in the will of God, who God has his hands on, God will get in your fight. He said, stand still. He said, Egyptians who you've seen today, just like that $148,000 uh, uh, student loan payment, student loan debt, Come on, the Egyptians you've seen today, you shall see them again, no more forever. He says, he, he says it here, Exodus 14 and verse 14. Why? Because the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. So God gives us a word, and the first thing we got to do is believe the word that he said. So once I engage my faith that God will fight for me, now he can start fighting for me. Let me say that again. Once I engage my faith that God will fight for me, now he can start fighting for me. Jesus would say things like, the, they, they bring the, the boy to Jesus who uh, the disciples weren't able to cast the demon out of, and he was still tormenting himself, and he would throw himself into the fire and then into the water, So, which means he wasn't too crazy. He knew after I get out that fire, I need to go find some water. See, sometimes people ain't crazy you think they are. He was going to the fire, didn't go to, and, and, and they brought the boy to Jesus, and, uh, and Jesus, the boy's father said, I brought him to your disciples, uh, uh, but, but your disciple wasn't able to do anything. And Jesus says, now, do you believe I can do something? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And the man responded truthfully. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. No, I'm... I, 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 I mainly believe, but there's still some areas of doubt that I have. And Jesus said, you're going to have to settle this. And if you're going to see God fight for you, you have to put your faith in gear and believe God's going to fight for me. See, because believing is half the battle. Is half the battle. Somebody shout, I believe I'm, I'm going to win. Look at somebody else, tell them, I believe we can win. So the first thing God tells them is believe. Believe the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Now, a lot of people don't want to deal with this. Because as much as God says you need to believe me, he said, I need you to believe the one who I sent who speaks on my behalf. He said, if you believe me, you'll be established. But if you believe the man or woman that I sent to speak on my behalf, you're going to prosper. And so, so, so watch this here. Established is having a car. Prospering is driving the car you want. Established is having a roof in your, over your head. Uh, uh, but prospering is living in the neighborhood you want with the square footage that you need. Are y'all listening to me? So he said, I need you to believe on a horizontal level, uh, uh, on the vertical level between God and man, but I also need you to believe that there are men and women of God I've placed on this earth who want to speak on my behalf, and the word that I give them to speak is going to bless your life. Oh, y'all don't like this here. The widow woman had to believe what God told her through Elijah. For the Lord said that the battle of meal shall not wage until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did what Elijah said the Lord told him to tell her. Are y'all listening to me? So I got to believe the Lord, and I got to believe his prophet. Faith is, faith is half the battle. First John 5 and 4 says, what 
ever, which means whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even what? Even our faith. This is the victory that will overcome the world, our faith. So watch this. My faith is the victory. My faith is the victory. There is no victory without faith. Long as I got my faith, I got victory. Let me try this side. As long as I got my faith, I got victory. So some of y'all need to understand. When you go through whatever you're going through, when the devil tries to attack you, whatever way he tries to attack you, it's not about what the stuff that you think you lost. If you go through something and you lose your house, it wasn't about the house. If, if, if you go through something, God forbid, and, and, and you have a miscarriage, okay, it wasn't merely about the miscarriage. If you go through something and uh, your marriage breaks up and, and you get a divorce, and, 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 and a lot of times people don't understand because even, even when you're glad and that you're no longer with the man, okay, you don't have to say nothing, and you're glad that you're no longer with the woman, sometimes you're grieving what you thought would have been. See, I have, I've had to learn that. Because even though you, you don't want this relationship, I thought this was, I saw us doing this. I saw us riding into the sunset together. I saw me not having to divide my children between place to place and one holiday here. And I never saw that. And I'm grieving what I believe for my family. Y'all don't have to say anything. But you need to understand. When you go through those attacks in your marriage, when you go through the attacks in your, about your car, about a job, about whatever thing or person you think you lost, it was, wasn't about the thing, it wasn't about the person, it wasn't about the place, it wasn't about the thing, it wasn't about none of those nouns, it was about your faith. So the devil wants you to say, well, because I lost this, I'm not believing God anymore. Well, because this didn't last, then I'm no longer going to trust God anymore. The devil is after your faith because if he gets your faith, he got your victory. But as long as you got your faith, you still got victory. Oh, come on now. Oh, well, as long as you got your faith, you can get another car. As long as you got a faith, you can get another house. Uh, 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 uh. And as long as you got a faith, you can get another man. Some woman ought to jump up and shout, he's coming. As long as you got your faith. Faith is the victory. Because faith calls the battle won before you fight. Faith calls the battle won before you fight. So like I said, I'm a peaceable man. I'm a church boy. I don't want to fight. But let me tell you, if you fight me, you're going to lose. I call it one before the first round. I call it one before the coin is tossed. I call it one before we get on the field. I call it one before we sing the Star Spangled Banner. I call it one because if I show up, I'm going to win. If I show up, that's a word to somebody. God said, you just need to show up. If you show up, you're going to win. But as long as you keep running, you got to show up. If you show up, God will show out. I said, if you show up, God will show out. Faith calls the battle one before you fight. Romans 4, 17 says, as it was written, I've made thee a father of many nations. God speaks to Abraham before he ever has one child. 
is written, I have made you. Far as I'm concerned, it's already done. As Elder Perry says when he prays, Father, we thank you. It's a done deal. Amen. I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God. Even God who raises the dead. Even God who quickens the dead. This is how God works. How does God work? He calleth those things which be not as though they were. He calls, that's how God works. So the God kind of faith operates like God works. The God kind of faith said, let there be light. And there was light because God said it. The God kind of faith operates the way God. So watch this. So I call I call into existence what I already believe I'm supposed to have. I call into existence my victory because I know that I win. Are y'all listening? Faith calls the battle one before the fight. David shows up in, in uh, 1 Samuel 17 chapter against, against Goliath and he starts announcing. He's his own announcer before the battle. He said, let me explain to everyone here. What's about to happen today? God is going to give Goliath into my hands. I'm going to cut his head off. And after I cut his head off, as Minister Joy says, I'm going to carry that head around so everybody knows this is how you get ahead in life. Some of y'all get that later. And after I cut his head off, I'm coming after all the rest of y'all. Let the battle begin. Uh, Y'all are hearing me here. Faith calls it before it's ever started. You got to call it in advance. Uh, Y'all hearing me. You got to know how it's going to end before you even go into it. That's how faith works. That's how faith talks. Hallelujah. So faith calls the battle one before you fight. David called the battle before he fought it. Secondly, God fights by giving you strategy. Everybody say strategy. One thing the Lord showed me many, many years ago, there's strategy for every warfare. Some of you heard me tell a story. I ain't going to go into all the details. When we were, we were, uh, we were in, in Oklahoma and I had just got this new job and I got this new house. Uh, it, it was a rental house that I had to get. We had to move out of one rental house to another rental house because in order to have this job, I had, to, had uh, this long before anybody was working at home. They would set me up with an office in my home, but I had to have a dedicated office in my home. So I, I went and I rent, went and rent, rented this house. I gave a down payment, and then when I came back, I was supposed to have the rest of the money, and I didn't have the money, and, and so I didn't know what we were going to do. I stayed up, and I prayed that night. I prayed in, in the Spirit, and the Lord told me, have, this is how we're going to win this battle. Wake up early in the morning, and we're going to have a yard sale. I woke up early morning, told Marcia, listen, we have a garage sale. She said, no, you got to announce a garage sale. I said, God already announced it to me. She said, well, put it in the paper. I had no time to put it in the paper. And, and as the sun rose, I opened up the garage. I put everything out there. I, could I had a piano. Okay, okay. Listen, I didn't need no music. I needed money. See, some of y'all, oh, that's a word. Some of y'all trying to hold on to something out of pride. And you, God said, you need to let it go because that's part of the strategy. I, I, I rolled a piano out there and I started going through the kids' toys and the kids wake up. Daddy, what you doing? I said, we selling it. Daddy, I still play with that. No, you don't. I remember God gave me strategy. And by the afternoon when I was supposed to take that money to the woman, I had all the money I needed. 
God gave me strategy. Everybody say there's strategy for every warfare. Strategy means God will tell you what to do, and he will tell you how to do it. Let me use a Bishop Jake's word. God will give you a pattern. He'll show you what to do. God will give you strategy. Look what he tells them in this battle. 2 Chronicles 20, 17. You shall not need to fight the battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, just go out against them. The strategy is you won't show up. Then, oh, my God, the Lord just told me that. There's some of y'all, the devil ain't even going to expect y'all to show up. The devil's not even expecting you to show up. He think because you already got the threat, you already going to move out. He think because you already got a letter, you already going to leave. And the devil expecting y'all just to run away. But you got to show up and say, oh, it ain't going to be that easy. Come on now. I'm not just going to lay down. And this ain't going to be no TKO. If you knock me out, you're going to have to fight to knock me out. I ain't going to give up that easy. Come on now. I, I, I'm not just going to lay down and cave in and quit. If you want my stuff you won't have to fight me and you won't have to fight hard and it ain't just gonna be one round I'm gonna hang in there because I know thanks be to God he's gonna give me the victory somebody shall show up show up if you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it we encourage you to become an iChurch member as an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.